Welcome to the Resurrection People podcast with Preston Sharp, pastor of Sacrament Church in Nashville, Tennessee, and curator of The Art of Preaching. Each week, we look at three readings from the Bible, drawn from the Revised Common Lectionary. Find more at theartofpreaching.substack.com. Welcome back to the Resurrection People podcast. Today, we are looking at our gospel reading for the week from Matthew 22, verses 15 through 22. And in this story, Jesus is asked by the disciples of the Pharisees and the Herodians about taxes. Now, there is nothing that gets a room more kind of interested and intrigued and maybe a little bit riled up and gets our pulse going fast and our blood pressure up than talking about taxes. (laughs) So in this story, Jesus has just cleansed the temple, calling out the religious powers of his day, and here he's being provoked into upsetting the political powers of the day. Now, the Pharisees at this time tended to move towards more revolutionary impulses. Now, that's a generalization. Not all Pharisees thought that way. But when it came to the Roman government, that tendency was more towards revolution. The Herodians, this other group, tended to be more likely to collaborate and appease the empire in the name of peace. The discussion on taxes was one of the hottest topics in the Middle East in Jesus' day. Why? The Roman Empire operated on a provincial system. This means that they entered a land, conquered the land, and then demanded allegiance. They considered themselves to be benevolent because they allowed the new province to continue to speak their own language and worship their own gods as long as, at the end of the day, each person declared that Caesar, the head of the empire, had the final authority. The empire then demanded that that new province pay taxes to them. This is the sort of thing that caused riots and uprisings and revolutions. In fact, right before the time of Jesus, there had just been a very serious revolt, which Rome had brutally snuffed out. Not only did Rome require taxes, they required it be paid in their coins, in Roman minted coins. So the the Pharisees or the disciples of the Pharisees and the Herodians here are trying to get a sense of where Jesus stands on this hot button issue. And they ask the question in a way that begins with flattery, (laughs) trying to kind of butter Jesus up, and in a way that the response is either yes or no. So if he's against paying taxes to Caesar, he is trying to incite a revolt in their minds. Now, it's possible that the younger Pharisees or the Pharisees' disciples here may have suggested not paying taxes to Caesar at all. That was part of their revolutionary impulse. If Jesus is for paying taxes to Caesar, it keeps the peace, but it takes much of the bite out of this idea that he represents a new kingdom. So people might ridicule him. How are you claiming that the kingdom of God has come if you say we still need to submit to the empire? Jesus responds to this question in a fascinating way. He asks them for a coin, and they hand him the Roman currency, a silver denarius. What was on the coin? An image of a man, of Tiberius Caesar. Now, not only were the Jewish people nauseated by Caesar, but they were prohibited. The Jewish faith was prohibited from putting images of people on their coins. So there was probably this collective eye roll in response to Jesus. And around Caesar's picture were the words, 
Tiberius Caesar, worshipful son of the divine Augustus. In other words, it's a proclamation of Tiberius Caesar as the son of God. So you can see how the Jewish people who believe in the one true God have a problem with this. They would not even want to touch the coin, let alone use it. Even carrying this coin in one's pocket could be seen by some as breaking the second commandment, you shall not make for yourself an idol, whether in the form of anything that is heaven above or that is on the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth, you shall not bow down to them or worship them. That's from Exodus 20. So we can picture Jesus taking this coin and looking at it with disgust. Whose image is on this? Now, still, he's willing to handle the coin, so he's not being overly scrupulous. The crowd reluctantly admits that this is Caesar's image. And then Jesus says something powerful here. When he says, give back to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God what is God's, it's like he's saying, well, if this coin bears Caesar's image, you better give it back to him then. And while you're at it, Give back to God what belongs to him or what bears his image. The term here is not give, give to Caesar as if it's a gift that's being given that, that originally belonged to oneself. The term, the term is return or give back. So the coin was Caesar's in the first place, and he's just saying return it to him. This is fascinating how Jesus does this. So to those who collaborate with the empire, represented by the Herodians here, Jesus has responded to the empire with disgust, saying he wants nothing to do with this money which bears a false god's image. And yet at the same time, he's also saying, pay your taxes, give it back. This is real life stuff, coins, taxes, oppression. Jesus is not so heavenly minded that he's no earthly good, quite the opposite. But the exchange doesn't end here. If the Roman currency bears the image of Caesar and you're to give it back to him, you also need to give God the thing which bears his image. Who bears God's image? Human beings, you and me and even Caesar. Jesus is not here creating a principle for the relationship between Christians and taxes for all time. What he's after is something much deeper. He's raising the question, have you given your whole self to God? You, the people of God, does God have your final allegiance? The people at the time were torn between competing stories. There were in their midst zealous revolutionaries who wanted to violently overthrow the Roman Empire. For Jesus, violence is not the way of the kingdom of God, period. Jesus will ultimately suffer under the violence of the world, taking it on himself and rising again. Still, there are others who simply pacify Rome, the pragmatists, those who don't want to rock the boat. Jesus is saying, what competes for your allegiance? Is it zealous nationalism? Is it the empire? Is it pragmatism? What are your idols? Because God is being revealed to you today in me, Jesus says, there's life, there's hope, that's here. And that requires your full allegiance. Stanley Hauerwas writes, Jesus' response to the Pharisees and the Herodians does create an insoluble problem, but that's what it's meant to do. <laughs> you know you have a problem 
at least if you are a disciple of Jesus, when you do not have a problem. So if we're looking for this to kind of neatly decide for us the relationship between people, Christians, and the government, we're not going to find that here. Jesus causes more problems than he does give answers. And that's the point. This is to challenge us, regardless of our posture towards the governments of our day. Christians must regularly ask ourselves about our allegiance. Whom do we serve? Thanks for listening to the Resurrection People podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review to help us get the word out. You can hear full sermons at sacramentchurch.com and find out more at theartofpreaching.substack.com.